Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. We will look at several scriptures tonight, beginning with Isaiah 26. Psalms, Proverbs, <laughs> Psalms, Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, Isaiah, and then chapter 26. The number 26 reminds me that the book of Isaiah was a scroll 26 feet long. It's an interesting book. You know, I wasn't planning on introducing the book tonight, but we know that um, Isaiah is the most prophetic of all the Old Testament books. I mean, it tells us so much about the Lord Jesus. And we know that it, it, it mentions Cyrus's name hundreds of years before he's even born, the king of Persia. And it, it's just an awesome, awesome book on so many fronts, and we're thankful for it, uh, the prophet Isaiah one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And uh, chapter 26 and verse 4. And when you find it, if you'd like to stand, chapter 26 and verse 4. We think of the great Isaiah 7.14, the virgin birth. And we think of chapter 9 and verse 6, for unto us a child is given. And goes on to say he'll be called the everlasting father. So much doctrine. And 42% of Isaiah is prophetic. And the first 39 books are harsh about condemnation and the law in the next 27 chapters. I said 39 chapters. And the next 27 chapters are all about grace. It's so much like the Bible, a little snapshot of all of Scripture. People have called it the fifth gospel. Chapter 26 and verse 4. Trust ye in the Lord forever. That could be a sermon right there. Trust ye in the Lord, and what's his name, Yahweh, who is he? The Lord prior to Bethlehem. For in the Lord, Jehovah is the everlasting strength. For in the Lord, Jehovah is the everlasting strength. God bless us. Let's take a look in your book for a walk in the world. That this will be helpful to someone tonight. And Lord, that we'll just have a good time in your word, as we've had such a good time tonight in worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was thinking this morning, I didn't have time to say everything I wanted to say about worship, but we talked about the temple being the place of instruction and the place of worship. The Hebrew word translated worship is translated so many ways in your Bible, it's amazing. It includes falling down on your face before God. Did you know that? It, 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 it includes falling down on your face before God. It includes praising Him and thanking Him and singing to Him. And so we have to have worship every time we meet. And music's so good to help us. Thank you, choir, herald, everybody involved in that. Globalism is another form of New Age thinking. Recently, I've been hear it, hearing it tossed around in our country's leadership. They call it the Global Initiative. The Global Initiative. It started way back in Genesis chapter 11, where they wanted to build a tower and bring everybody together, and they wanted to reach heaven. Look at Genesis chapter 11. You might have heard this referred to as ecumenicalism, but we're not going to talk about that per se today. But Genesis chapter 11, verse 4 and verse 7, and they said, Go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Verse 7, 
Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, God says, that they may not understand one another's speech. So God didn't want them to all be congregated together, and he didn't want them all to be brought together. He confused their language and, and forced them to spread out. Because God said, fill the earth, fill the earth. And then after the flood, he said, refill the earth. I met a lady one time with 10 kids. I said, God didn't expect you to do it all by yourself. But he said, refill the earth. And we know that, that uh, we have distinct countries today. And that lines up with Scripture. You know, God, with Noah, we had Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And we know that Shem, uh, we, we know that, that he is the father of the Orientals and the Asian races and, and the Hispanics and so many different things spun off of him. And then, you know, uh, uh, Japheth means fair one. And he's, he's where we got, you know, the Russian, European descent. And, and, and then we have, um, Shem, Ham, and Ham is, means dark. And he, of course, we have our Ethiopians and our Africans. So God definitely brought about distinction in races and distinctions in, in, in nations. And we don't want to be the same as the other nations. Remember how it angered God when Israel said, we want a king to be like what? Other nations. And the idea that we can all come together is just not workable. In fact, we can't go around the world and make other countries be democratic. You know, that's special, that's unique for Americans. We wanted that kind of government. Thank God we have it. I shouldn't even say democratic. I mean, we're more of a republic. A republic is governed by laws, a democracy, you know, majority rules. And we don't want majority rules. We want the laws to still govern our people. If ever, We always go with a majority rule. What happens when the majority of Americans want to do something very evil? That's democracy. So we're a republic for which it stands. We're not a democracy, but we're thankful for our form of government. We can't expect others to uh, have the same form of government. So this teaching today of bringing the whole world together and we need to be a global economy and, a, and, and be concerned about people all over the globe, that sounds real good, but that's really all about economics. That's the goal. If we want to be concerned about people all over the world, we'll send missionaries and reach them with the gospel. I don't want for our country to join hands with all these other countries and become like them. I think America is unique. We know God set Israel apart. He doesn't want Israel to join up and say, let's join our nation with Saudi and, and be the Israeli Saudis or something. God, God never called us to do that. And so this teaching today is out there. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32, and I'll explain more of what I'm talking about here in a moment. Once I figure out what I'm talking about, I can explain it to you. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4. We talk about the rock of ages is what I've entitled this message. And Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are, ju are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. Look at verse 37. 32, 37. And he shall say, where are their gods, their rock in whom they've trusted? And the world has a rock as well. We'll talk about that. But the ideas now that are found floating across our country. Years ago, I remember they came out with a song, We Are the World. And the Hollywood people sang it. We are all God's children. And when they sang that song, I thought, you know, it sounds real cute. But if you're not born again, you're not a child of God. 
If you're not born again, the Bible teaches distinctly that you are a child of the devil. So if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you're not a child of God. And that song was real popular. Everybody liked it. John Denver, I actually would have to admit some of his songs, I kind of like the tune and the sound. I don't listen to his music much, but as a young guy, I remember it well. But he's a pantheist, his pantheistic beliefs and the worship of all these different gods. Greenpeace, the bilateral commission, the one world church, the one world money system is coming. And the Bible warns about the one world money system. The microchip is what it's going to replace the money and the dollar is getting worthless, but, and it's just getting worse. But Mother Earth is another common thing. Holistic health, which means the body can heal itself. While that sounds good and it almost sounds biblical, the real healer is the Lord. He made our bodies and He did make our bodies to be able to heal. So the amazing thing about God and His handiwork is that our bodies can heal. But the world has had this holistic health teaching that, you know, if you believe in yourself and you believe in your body and you think right about it, you'll heal. And that's, of course, not biblical. The United Nations. You know, all these things are fables. And you say, well, they're real. The beliefs and organizations are real. Yeah, but they're mystical when it comes to their value. Did you know that? I mean, Daniel warned of nations all getting together. And I remember when I was a kid and uh, I heard about the United Nations. I heard preachers say things negative about the United Nations going back to the 60s. And while it sounds nice to say, let's go along with the United Nations, do you know that 99% of the decisions the United Nations makes are anti-Christian? In fact, 80-some percent of the time they make decisions which persecute Israel. I have no desire or respect, have no desire to be part of the United Nations. Now, pastor, I mean, is this extremism to think like this? No, it's definitely not extremism. It's definitely biblical. And most people just aren't aware of it. The New Age teachings have crept into the church. The positive, the power of positive gospel and the positive thinking stuff. and the, it's, it's, It becomes a myth. It, it waters down the gospel. And I don't like to call out names, but one famous preacher, a positive thinking preacher, took the word, uh, the word wretch out of amazing grace because he said it wasn't positive. He didn't want to sing. He saved a wretch like me. And he doesn't believe in preaching and teaching on hell uh, because it's not positive. Well, I have news for him. Hell is real. And Jesus talked more about hell than he talked about heaven. And most people are alarmed to hear that. But he talked about hell a lot, and he warned about the sins that will lead people to hell. And we think about, you know, the believing, it's all too negative. Jeremiah 17.9 says, our heart is desperately wicked. I was joking with the deacons. I said, I'm working on my basement. And I said, you know the thoughts that come to my mind when things aren't going right? I'm just going to blow the whole basement up. You know, I don't like construction work, and I don't like doing this. But my point is this, I have a sinful nature, and every one of you does as well. And there's nothing good in my heart. My heart's desperately wicked. The only good thing in me is the grace of God when Jesus saved me and moved inside. So when I'm working on the basement, 
the old Holy Spirits there reminding me that I'm a child of God and I need to act like one. I hadn't thrown any wrenches, but I've wanted to, you know. And, and, and then Paul said, in my flesh, is nothing good. There's no good thing. There's not a good thing in my flesh. I mean, I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, and I shave and clean up and try to look the best before I go out in the world, but it's more important to look in the glass of the Word, as James says. Get that part ready. Because all this is going to do is get uglier and older. <laughs> and then one day it's just going to die. And like Frank said, you'll come up and say, oh, doesn't Brother Dan look good? And I might sit up and say, I don't look good. Don't stand there and lie. I'm pumped full of formaldehyde and I got makeup on. You know? And, 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 and the truth is, we aren't good. In the teaching of humanism and the teaching of the New Age movement is that we are good and the answers, the good answers are inside of us. And that's contrary to Bible teaching. Our text in Isaiah 26.4 the, the, the words everlasting strength are literally, they literally mean the rock of ages. And we have a great song, don't we, from that, the rock of ages cleft for me. But as we said, Satan always has a counterfeit rock or counterfeit something. You know, he has a false trinity, the beast, the antichrist, the false prophet, and his mark, of course. And crystalline quartz are trusted by many people for spiritual and physical refuge. Tina Turner said her crystal gives her peace, and she trusts in it for her feelings of security. Well, of course, you know, crystals used in radios because it does contain a current. We know that. And, uh, you know, so there is a certain amount of truth to a current running through crystals and other, other things that God made. But the key is God made those. Not for us to worship and to make amulets and little false gods and to idolize, but to use for the betterment of our lives. And, 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 and he, gave, he gave us animals to eat and to, and to use for clothing. I, I, I love, I was telling somebody in Sunday school, I love that show, uh, Mountain Man, and they have old Tommy, the 76-year-old trapper. He's out there in 20 below weather trapping and getting furs to sell the furs so people can make fur coats. And, of course, there's animal rights activists that will be all upset and all that. And I don't believe we ought to be cruel to animals, but God gave us animals to make our lives better. And so we, we don't put animals on the same level as human beings. It's amazing some of the people that are all worked up about animal rights are the same people. You can see their, their donations to, you know, Planned Parenthood they don't care about babies in the womb, but they're all upset because there's, there's one ad. I just changed the subject, didn't I? I'm so ADD sometimes. They have all these animals, and they have this dog, and it's got stuff running out of its eye. You've seen the advertisement. And I mean, it's a very long, long ad in how they want you to give. And more people give to that than a lot of good causes to help humanity. Now, I have a dog, and I love my dog. Believe me, I'm not you know, one of these guys that's cruel to animals. Usually I don't like dogs, but this one got my attention and got my heart, and, and I really enjoy the dog. But, but, if my grandchild's drowning and the dog's drowning, I'm not going to save the dog, you know? Uh, someone said, if you really love your dog, you'll save it before you save anything else. Well, those people love their dogs too much. Because mankind is potentially a child of God. And so we have to value the right life. But here, here we have people like Tina Turner and, 
and the, the world that really has a lot of deities that aren't, uh, aren't scriptural. And we call this New Age thinking. When in actuality, it's nothing really new about it. People have always trusted in stones and idols and witches have used crystal and different things for years and years and years. Look at Isaiah chapter 3. Isaiah chapter 3. Do you know God absolutely hates for us to have anything as an idol? I know people who wear crosses. And I'm not against wearing crosses. I wear them sometimes too, I'm sure. I have a little lapel pin I put on. It's a cross. I'm not against that. But some people, the only thing they know about God is that they have a cross to wear. They don't know what really happened on that cross. Nothing wrong with the cross. Now, I didn't say there was. But the cross is not a polished piece of jewelry. It was a place of extreme torture. Did you know that? It was a place of extreme torture. Jesus died and shed his blood on a cross. And so when we think of the cross, we have to remember what happened there. But so many gods and so many deities. Look at Isaiah chapter 3, verses 18 to 26. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet and their galls. And those are our word network. And their round trees like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and the mufflers or, or sweet balls they have and the bonnets and the ornaments on their legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the, no, the rings of the nose and jewels. He, he just describes all these different things these people put trust in. We drop down. It goes on, it kept reading and reading. And then it says, verse 25, Thy men shall fall by the sword, and they and thy mighty in the war. And her gates shall lament and mourn, and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground. And of course, that's a type of mourning. People have put trust in different things, jewelry, and so many different things. I remember when I was playing high school sports, I was on the football team and we were... We lost one game, the last game of the year. We lost a lot of people injury, and we lost. I'm still talking about it. It must still bother me. I, we had guys in our team that believed so much in luck that they wouldn't wash their socks all year. They could almost stand them up in a corner. Other guys, you know, find a mouth guard that belonged to the other team and have to wear it in the middle of the game and put it in and wear it, and they wear it the rest of the year without washing it because it's good luck. And a lot of stuff. Yesterday, I'm at my son's house. And uh, we're watching my team play, and they're losing. And they're tied 14-14. They fumble with just about five minutes to go. And the other team kicks a field goal. I said, I, at 14-14, I said, I'm leaving. And my son said, I'm not moving my car to let you out, Dad. You just have to wait till there's a timeout. So his wife had to go move the car so I could leave. You know why I left? I don't, first of all, I don't like to get upset if my team loses. I, so I don't let it get to that point. I just shut the game off and go to bed or go home. So... But I joked with my son. I, I said, I'm bad luck here. And I left. And I'm telling you, they came back and won when I was driving home. So I'm like that, you know, that we put so much in luck. But you know, God's sovereign. He knew before the world began they'd win that game, you know, and, and we do that. Unfortunately, that's a funny story, but quite often I know people, even Christian people, that put faith in things other than God. And they believe luck is a big part of their life. Nope. For a Christian, luck is meaningless. Because we know God is sovereign. 
You're blessed. You're not lucky. You're blessed. And so we, we see so many people in those days had these tamelessons, these rocks, and they brought good spirits and, and they wore certain things to keep evil spirits away. And, and, uh, look at Psalm chapter 31 and then Psalm chapter 62, our last two verses. Psalm 61 or 31 and Psalm 62. Psalm chapter 31, verses 2 and 3. Bow down thine ear to deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Where in Bible times, there are several passages we could have read about their worship of idols. Most idols were carved out of stone. It's sad to think about all the little idols. Remember Rachel? She's fleeing, and what does she do? She didn't want to give up her little stone idols and wood-carved idols. She hides them under her, her garments. They meant a lot to them, but they were an abomination to God. And still we have people today who put so much hope in things other than the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Japan, we had these dolls we could buy, and they were supposed to protect your home, and you could put them on the pillar outside on your wall. And when I arrived there and they showed me where the Parsonage was in Okinawa. I was so glad they didn't have those things to guard my house because I'd have had to say, take them down. And that would have been offensive to my neighbors, but I wouldn't have one of those idols on my fence because I knew what they stood for. And, and, and yet we don't realize all the humanism and all the New Age teaching that's in our schools on TV, on the radio. Then chapter 62 of Psalms, I'm just reinforcing the idea that, the G- that Jesus Christ is our rock and we don't need to worship any other rock. Tina Turner has hers, I have mine. Mine's real, mine's living, mine blesses me every day. She squeezes her in her hand and gets a feeling out of it. Good for her, but sad to say she needs Jesus, right? I'm not picking on Tina Turner or any other any other of the people, but our Bible says in 62, 6 and 7, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I will not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and the refuge is in God. My refuge is in God. He's the rock. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, The rock in the wilderness that gave them water when Moses smote the rock, and then later he, he spoke to it. He shouldn't have done that because God didn't, or he smote it again, and God said, Just speak to it. He shouldn't have done that. He disobeyed. But that rock was Jesus Christ. And he didn't need to be hit twice, be smitten twice. He died once. And so that's why Moses was out of line. But we, we think of, all these verses, and, and you, you want to go home and you'll want to read over that passage that I read through quickly, Isaiah 3, 18 to 26, and just read about all those things. And your study could be on all those things and how they were part of worship. And what God is saying there is you depend on all these things, your special earrings that keep evil spirits away. Do you know they make jewelry to keep evil spirits away? And if we're not careful, we're going to be as a country, just like other countries, where you go to the marketplace and you buy all these little pieces of jewelry to keep all these spirits away and give you all these different strengths. 
And then what are we doing? We're worshiping idols. We become part of the New Age movement. And be careful with that. Be careful with, with things that supposedly bring you luck and bring you safety and, and all these things. It, it happens all the time. You'd be amazed at how many people in our country are into the New Age movement. Folks, there's only one rock. The rock of ages, the rock in a weary land, the rock of our salvation, the rock of Israel, the rock of offense, the rock of strength. And that rock is Jesus Christ. He's what our hope and faith and foundation is on. Blessed be the rock, Scripture says. Build your house on the rock. Enter into the rock. Look under the rock, for the Lord is my rock, the psalmist says. He only is my rock. He's the rock upon which I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. He's a rock of ages. He clefts for me. What I, what do I need to do? Let me hide myself in thee. Folks, I know that globalism and this new age thinking maybe isn't preached about much and maybe you don't think about it a lot. But I'll tell you what, in the near future, it's going to be a big part of our society. As I see in our leadership now, you know, it used to be that prayer was made in the Senate and Congress in the name of Jesus Christ. But now we have all these false teachings. The Muslim will come in and pray to Allah and thank God for his prophet. And all these different, these different teachings. And we want to just say it's okay. Let me tell you something. I am glad for one thing that we can see the distinction between our government and the church. We have never been a Christian nation. You say, well, our principle, yes, our principles, the Constitution was based upon the Word of God. No doubt about that. And there's no doubt in the early years of our country, the blueback speller was all about God. And Webster's Dictionary, full of Scripture, was all about God. I brought one in here one time for you to look at. And the Bible was one of the textbooks. We know that. We understand that. But you see, the church is a unique organization with Christ as the head. And the Lord has never been the head of our country. He's sovereign over all the nations of the world. As long as our nation honors him, he'll honor us. But we've slipped and we've slid. And we're like that boat Hebrews talks about, how we can just let things slip. We're like a boat. Hebrews doesn't talk about the boat I do. And how it's sort of like you're in a boat and you're drifting downstream, and you don't notice it. You're falling asleep, and all of a sudden, you're way downriver. And that, that's what happens when we are not aware of what's going around around us. We just sort of slip and drift downstream. As a country, we've sure drifted. Now, Thanksgiving, which should be all about giving thanks to God. The pilgrims met with the natives and ate with them and prayed with them and talked with them about God. That's what Thanksgiving was about. Nowadays, it's about football and turkey. And we can just see the degeneration in our country and how we're getting away from God. We've never been a Christian nation, but we've been a nation that was so full of Christians at one time. At one time, 75% of our people went to church. Boy, we changed. And the church has lost her vision because the church is all wrapped up in politics, no offense, I vote. You know how I feel. But the church's role is not politics. The church's role is reaching people with the gospel. 
Let's be better about God's business. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, for the Lord Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. And Lord, my foot is on the rock, and I know I'll never be moved because you'll be sure I'm secure. And we just pray you bless us tonight as we close and go our separate ways. Give us a good week in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.